pinch me. (laughs) I'm an author. I wrote a book, Destined for Greatness, Living an Inspired Life from Head to Tippy Toes. If you haven't already gotten your copy, you may head over to my website, sarahnoose.com, or go to Amazon and check out Sarah Noose, Destined for Greatness. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, doing great. So fun. Good job. With what? This. Oh. You've done good. You have done good, too. (laughs) You are awesome. So we are on... Week eight? Week? Is that right? Well, I don't know week. I, you know us with like numbers and time. Number eight. Number eight. But Chapter it's eight. been very popular. Yes. The reviews have been great, which is super fun. Yeah. We like good reviews, so we don't like bad ones. And chapter eight is my favorite chapter yet. <laughs> You're funny. Now, this one really, really was. I think it was, I remember... When we first did the book on tape, mm-hmm. your first version of the audiobook, mm-hmm. and I was the only one to listen to yes. it, but we were driving to where, Florida? Um, I think so. So we were driving a long way, and you read the whole book to me. I did. And Personal audiobook. was the part that you got choked up on. It was super weird, wasn't it? Like It was, but it was great. I love that, babe. It was funny because I was literally Adam and I and the kids are driving to Florida from Oklahoma in a minivan, right? Our car lost its transmission. And so we had to rent this minivan. And I was like, I really want you to, I really can't wait for you to read the book. You know, I really can't wait for you to read the book. And Adam's like, okay, we'll read it. Like read the whole book. And I'm like, really? And so for 12 hours, we would stop and go, but I would read it and what I loved so much is I'd read a chapter and then I'd kind of stop and you're like well keep reading <laughs> so it made me feel good about it that trip was really funny because we drove our big suburban to Oklahoma mm-hmm. and we were going to baseball tournament in Florida and our big suburban transmission blew out mm-hmm. and then we got in a little junky <laughs> cheap minivan yes and then had to get our friend Tim Faulkner to pick up our car from Tulsa. Yeah. Get it back to Bowling Green. It was a hot mess. To find out that it couldn't be fixed, so mm-hmm. we had to buy a new car. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing, the thing that I liked on the vacation though is those minivans, the way their doors open, it was so handy. It was so good. Except we didn't have enough room for everybody and all of our stuff. It was a little bitty. Mm-hmm. But we had fun. We did. I remember going to a Popeye's chicken in Louisiana. Louisiana. Uh, yeah. And we ordered 20 chicken tenders, and I think they gave us 120. I think so, too. And the car smelled like chicken tenders for a And we thought we were going to die. Yes, we thought we might get shot. But we didn't, and we had lots of chicken fingers, and we survived it. We survived. (laughs) So, Which has nothing to do with Chapter 8. Good podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Great podcast, yes. Okay, so Chapter 8 is Warm Up Girl, Mm -hmm. and in your book... You talk about that experience and all the experiences that you learned greatly from. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a little bit about the part of your high school team? Um, yeah. You were bad. <laughs> you just weren't good enough. I wasn't good enough. So I was a fresh, what were you going to say? I, 
I just feel bad for telling you that you were bad. Well, I just wasn't there yet. So that is true. What happened is all my buddies played tennis and they played in like grade school, middle school, and I didn't, but I wanted to be with them. And so I started playing tennis while I really started liking it a lot, but I liked it a little too late. And so they had all made spots on the team and the way it worked out is you just played like a little tournament and I was fighting for, there's six spots on the team that actually got to play. And then there's an alternate spot. So it was either, uh, I was going to be the sixth player, which would be number two doubles, or I was going to be an alternate. And I played a match that lasted forever, forever. And this girl and I were battling it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it was just our parents there watching and our coach. So it was like awkward, but, um, I lost and it was so hard because it was like, it could have gone either way. And because I lost, I didn't get to play on the team that year. I was the alternate. So I was kind of like the water girl, the grab people's bag girl, the let them use your racket if their racket breaks girl. Like I was everything but the girl I wanted to be. But I learned a lot. You did learn a lot. (laughs) Yeah, but it was a hard moment walking off that court. That's for sure. And it was a moment that, you know, you don't want to like relive high school very often, but I'll never forget where I was sitting in the car when my parents had a big pep talk with me. And it was something that obviously was impactful because it's a chapter in my book. So some of the words that your dad had for you Mm -hmm. sitting in that car. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about what they were (laughs) and why they were so powerful? Yeah. So um, my parents, my family calls me bear. Most of that's who I am to them is bear. So I just played this like long grueling match and I lost. I got in the car and I'm crying as any high school girl would do. And my dad gets in the car and he looks back at me and he just said, give him hell bear. And I looked at him like I'm sure any high school girl would do. And I was like, I just did dad. I just like, I did everything that I could and I lost. And he's like, no, I mean it. You go give them hell. You fight hard for that position and you either make them even better by pushing them or you earn a spot on that team. If you want this, you've got to fight for it. And so that moment right there to me was such a lesson learned. Like I could either be like, I'm not good enough. This is awful. I lost. But like the truth was I hadn't practiced nearly as much. I didn't have the time. I wasn't as good as the other people, but I almost did make it. But when my dad said, give him hell bear, it was just the words I needed to fight more for something that I really wanted. So I've thought about that a lot. And my dad has used that phrase a lot in my life now to push me forward to something that I really want. Give him hell bear. Give him hell bear. <laughs> I love it. And I think yeah. um, not quite the same story, but interesting going through it now as a parent. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a few months ago, our daughter Lola, mm-hmm. who is in fifth grade, hasn't picked up a basketball mm-hmm. in six months before that and uh, loves basketball, but just hadn't been working on it. And then we talked Lucy into trying out for the seventh grade basketball mm-hmm. team as a sixth grader. And 
And Lola was like, well, I want to try out. Mm -hmm. And so when she tried out as a fifth grader for the seventh grade team and didn't make it and Mm -hmm. trying to think through, what do we tell her to keep Mm -hmm. her motivated? Because part of us didn't want her to even try, right? Right, right. We were afraid. We knew she probably wouldn't make the team and we didn't Mm -hmm. want her to be discouraged. Yeah. But those pep talks from a parent. Well, and I think a lot of times it's the failures, quote failures in our life that really set us up for a great success. And so had I made the team, I may not have been as hungry for it or had Lola made the team and be like, oh, you're a fifth grader. You can make it as a seventh grader. It's not really that big a deal. But because she didn't make it and because I didn't make it, it became such a big deal. And so then when we did make it, it wasn't just handed to us. We had to earn it. Um, and when she does make it, it's going to be all the more sweeter. So, uh, I think it's a great, awesome learning experience. And I'm really glad we had her go through it. And now next year she'll know this is what tryouts look like. This is how you do it and um, be proud of herself when, and if she makes it. Love it. Mm -hmm. So back to your tennis. Mm Mm-hmm. So you continued to fight for your position. Yep. What happened next? So freshman year, super fun. We won state. And I say we because I was on the team as an alternate, but the girls that were on the court, they won enough for our whole team to win the state championship, which is huge. It's awesome. But that gave me even more fire in my belly of like, well, I want to. I want to actually be playing on the court. And so I really did. I did everything I possibly could every single day to work for something that I wanted so badly. So sophomore year and into the summer and junior year comes around and I did, I, I made the team actually sophomore year, but I actually had secured my spot my junior year. And, um, I was playing in the state tournament and we were actually doing really well, um, so much so that we're in the finals um, of the state tournament. And our particular match kind of laid it all on the line. We had um, a girl who had – two girls who had won, one who had lost. So if we won, our whole st- our whole team would win, plus it would be an individual state champion. If we would have lost, we would have lost as a team and then became second place. And I'll never forget – In tennis, if you are familiar with tennis, you're quiet in tennis and you like clap when somebody makes a point, but like you don't yell unless you're Harry Lowry, my dad, he's on the top of this mountain looking down. We're playing kind of in like a pit or whatever the grandstands I'd like to call it, but he yells in the loud voice that he has, give him hell bear. And it was the third set. And we were fighting so hard. And I remember it just pumped me up. And I was like, yeah, that's my dad. It was super inappropriate. He probably should have gotten kicked out because it was not the right timing. But for me, it was everything. And um, and we won that match soon after that and became individual state champions. And then um, our team won. And it's something that, you know, I'm like, man, almost, I mean, I didn't make the team. And then I could have quit. But there was something inside of me that had me keep going. And it was just a lesson in my life that I carry still today that we can do anything we want, but we must put work to it and push forward. And look at what it's led to now. (laughs) Now you get to be doubles, mixed doubles Mm -hmm. partners with me. It's actually, that's... You probably couldn't have (laughs) reached such a pinnacle... If it wasn't for that day. I know. But it really got you to this point. It got me to this point. How lucky am I? I know. Really? Like 20, 
some yes. years later. I know. I, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be your mixed doubles partner. Really, though, it's a lifelong sport. So it's awesome. I wish you would have picked it up a little sooner, but just kidding. Just kidding. We have well, we had either. kids for 10 years that prevented me from tennis. Oh, were you home nursing <laughs> and rocking and diapering? <laughs> no, just kidding. It, it had me... Uh, Focusing on other sports. Yes, CrossFit. But tennis is yeah. so fun. It is so much fun. And we're going to have so much fun. We do have so much fun playing together. And it's such a great couples thing. And we've met awesome other couples doing it. And I don't know, have fun together. Tra- tra- trash talk each other. And this last year, you played in another state tournament. I did. Like yeah. 21, two years later, you yeah. Yeah. did it again. There you go. And played I. In the Kentucky State Tournament up in Indiana. Yeah. Exactly. Makes total sense. So maybe I should put my eye on the prize to win a state tournament, which would be really cool. So for you two yeah. or for us two? Us, babe. D- you just said you though. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> us, us. Yes. Off track again. Here we okay. are. So the lesson you talk about in this book is, uh, to fight for what you want. Mm-hmm. What do you say to the person who's sitting there um, kind of where you were walking off the court defeated mm-hmm. and uh, not knowing that a state championship was ahead of them yeah. or two. So true. So I think it can be in business or parenting or marriage or it, you name what you feel defeated in and you have to examine yourself. Like how bad do you want it? How hard are you willing to work and push? And I believe wholeheartedly if you want it and you're willing to put the work in. Now that's the key. Cause a lot of people want, of course, who would not want a state championship? Who would not want an exceptional marriage or a thriving business or great kids? But what happens in what I always talk about, it's the take action piece. You have to have the small daily deposits because that's what equals the great success. I've said this before when I speak at events is if I was just a good wife on Wednesday, we would have a really lousy marriage. Like if I was like, I'm going to be a great wife once a week, like look at it that way. If I only talk to you on Wednesday, we would have a terrible marriage, but it's those small daily deposits, those little booty grabs and stuff. Hello. <laughs> Hello. That, uh, that equal the great success. And, you know, same thing with our kids. If, we're only engaged a small portion or our business, you know, it's those small daily deposits. And you have said this a hundred times, but you can be good at golf, good at marriage or good at parenting. You pick two of the three. Like, so where do you want to be good? You know, and there's different seasons of life for different things, but you can't be um, everything to everybody all the time. And so, I think oftentimes women especially pick up way too many things and then they expect to be great in all of them where really if we do less with more focus, um, then we can be exceptional in the areas that we really believe are good for us. You know, we it reminds me, we've been talking a lot about James 4. Mm-hmm. And in James 4, they talk a lot about being humble mm-hmm. and not being proud. And yeah. Uh, kind of that day when you were walking off, you got humbled a little bit. And, <sighs> yeah. and you know, he, he talks uh, and James 4 says, get down on your feet before the master. It's the only way you get on your, well, no, get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Mm, and uh, so and sometimes there's days like that back when you were a freshman in high mm-hmm. school that kind of had to get on your knees and, yeah. and uh, be humbled a little bit and... Mm-hmm. Like, but so I you also know, feel like that you 
shined. Yeah, I I 100% agree, but I also feel like it wasn't just in high school. Like, it's definitely, I get humbled a lot, you know, and it's learning through those humbling moments of parenting or marriage. I mean, okay, I could say a moment I got humbled today. You and I had to take pictures for something, and I smiled so big, and they snapped the picture and then Adam smiled so big, he snapped the picture. I mean, we were humbled. And then the people left and he goes, you have something so huge in your tooth right now. And I was like, oh my gosh, so do you. <laughs> so like it's the little times that we get humbled, but in the big times. But I think it's taking those and, you know, as little and silly as that one was. But those humbling moments to, you know, I don't know, humble ourselves to make us better people. But more importantly, who was the first one to tell you, I told you before you told me that something was in my teeth? I know, because mine was way bigger than yours. But here's the deal for all of our listeners. This is probably shouldn't be part of the podcast, but Adam doesn't tell me when I have stuff in my teeth. So we I'll never forget this. We went out to eat with people, with a group of people. I think the Barkers and the Richardsons, we were out to eat with them. And they were like, you have to try this, like, I don't know. It was like stale kale or something. It was awful. But I ate it. And then, so that's an appetizer. We're getting to the car. And I like, I don't know. I put the mirror down and I looked. And I was like, oh my gosh, Adam, I have a huge piece of kale in my tooth. And he's like, I know. And I was like, you know, I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? He goes, well, it didn't bother me. I'm like, I sat through an entire dinner with friends and you didn't tell me that I had a huge kale in my teeth. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, it just didn't bother me. So I've been on to you for like 17 years. So please tell me when I have stuff in my teeth. And today was actually the first day in the history of Adam and Sarah that you told me. But it feels controversial. Why? Just tell know. me. Just be like, babe, you've got like a big piece of kale in your tooth. Otherwise, now I feel like now you just look silly in front of people. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. So step it up, please. Okay. Okay. You got it. Humble. I Maybe I just walk around with kale in my tooth and I'm just humbling myself. Humbling yes. People. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyways. Good chapter. Thank you. Yeah. I really like that chapter. It's a fun one. So fight for what you want and then lean into the areas where you can really work and take action to move stuff forward. And then you'll be a state champ. State Twice. champ in all areas like that. that you want. I know. That's right. All right. Have you ever figured Closing out how to... time. Nothing I really don't like that one. Okay, we still don't know how to close this out. We might finish the whole season with no closer because closing time. And Adam does. It's actually um, we figured out it was supersonic. Uh huh. But you don't like that song. No, well, I mean, it's not that I don't like the song. I just think you singing it at the end of the podcast like is really weird. You want farewell, goodbye. That's backwards. Patai. Okay. We're out. Peace. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to sarahnoose.com and sign up 
There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.